All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Dustin, Morgan, and Ryan. Make sure you go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Go on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure you click subscribe or follow and give us five stars and a great review. All right, moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, kick things off. Why not, man? I got you a good, a great, and an ugly here, man. First up, good. Uh, as I spoke about earlier, Virginia Tech finally got a – their new head coach, you know, Coach Pry, defensive coordinator from Penn State. And last week was signing day for the upcoming recruiting class. Now, granted, you know, you can sign all the stars you want to, five stars, all of them. Um, they don't always translate to product on the field. And you can look no further than Virginia Tech for that. As Frank Beamer used to go grab two stars, three stars, half stars out of uh, Virginia area and would win more games than people with five stars. But uh, he did an amazing job, flipped two UVA recruits, one an offensive lineman, another one a defensive lineman, which two two massive big guys, which would be perfect. Um, finished ranking, I think it was fourth in the ACC, and they fell just right outside top 25 nationally ranked, I believe, uh, overall, which is pretty, pretty decent for a first-year head coach so it gives me hopes for the future see how they do in the regular season and see if that translates to next year's recruiting class uh, let's see great last weekend was Bridget's first birthday had uh Crystal's folks down from Lorton Virginia had my mom come up and we had a nice little birthday party at our friend Bill and Debbie's house pretty cool she got a little toy car that Brody kicks her out of all the time and and shuts the door on her and plays with it and <laughs> let her play a bit. So that's a nice little, nice little big brother there. Keeping that's it right. with Brody, he has got some type of um, asthma going on. From we think it was from him having RSV last year, and it kind of damaged his lungs a little bit. So when he gets excited and the weather changes, he has to uh, get a little bit of breathing treatment with a nebulizer. So been having to do that, and being that it's a steroid. You can imagine that uh, he gets extremely amped and excited directly afterwards and is running around knocking shit all off the shelves and just like, ah, running up and down the hallways, like, ah, knocking shit over, <laughs> screaming. So we have to calm him down right before bed after giving him a steroid. So that's, yeah, that's <coughs> great. So great and ugly at the same time. Um, but that's my good, great, and ugly. <laughs> all right, Ryan, good, bad, and the ugly. All right, I'll stick with the, uh, I'll keep with the family thing. Um, we had a little get together for most of my family um, on my side uh, yesterday, and that was real fun. And got to see uh, my nieces again. And obviously they're local, but it's always a joy to go see them and hang out with them. And um, we got to watch a uh, uh, not so good Tar Heels basketball game. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my niece uh, is very into my older niece. She's very intuitive. She's five. Um, she, uh, my mom asked who she was cheering for. And she said, I'm, I'm cheering for the black team. And they were like, why? And they were like, Oh, cause it's uncle Ryan's team. And, uh, very intuitive for five-year-old because they were in black uniforms. It's very unusual for the Tar Heels. So I'm proud of her for knowing the, uh, the name on the screen that she could read. And, uh, uh, she knows that my favorite color is light blue. So that makes sense. So, uh, about halfway through the game, um, I had to call her a front runner though. Uh, and this is my bad of the week because she decided to jump off the uh, Tar Heels bandwagon shortly after they started to lose by about 30 points to Kentucky. 
And uh, she uh, sounds like a Tar Heel would, fan to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she looked over at me with a big old smile on her face and asked me, um, uh, why my team was uh, not so good. So um, that was that was hurtful. <laughs> hear from a five-year-old <laughs> um so that's my good my bad and then my unique or interesting is uh i wanted to take the time to say hey happy shout out apparently yesterday was the 50th wedding anniversary of nick saban and his wife miss terry so um when they uh i guess that's a unique right if you get to 50 years so when they asked her uh what her like cues or uh what is it like keys to success for a 50-year marriage were she said communicate communicate love and forgive so I figured that was pretty solid advice. <laughs> um, they also asked her what they were going to be doing for their day off yesterday. And she said, well, we have football practice in the morning because we always do. But after that, we'll, uh, he's, he's promised me we'll have some family time. So apparently <laughs> they had everyone, everyone over to their house. So if anyone's wondering what uh, Nick Saban was up to on his 50th anniversary, it shouldn't surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dustin, good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, all right. All mine's pretty positive this week. Um, similar to Morgan talking about football, Duke hired their football coach, Mike Elko, be their next head coach. Given who was out there and the, the cho- names that kept popping up, it seemed to be a good hire. Time will tell about all these things. You never know until you get a few years into it. But he was with Dave Clawson for about 12 years. He was there at the helping get Wake Forest uh, to the point where they actually played for an ACC championship this year. Um, he's improved defenses everywhere he's gone. Um, just reading about the guy, he's had an impressive trajectory from his beginning time, um, you know, about 20 years ago, getting into coaching. Um, you know, as far as press conferences go, he said all the right things. So, but that won't mean anything until you're actually doing it. So excited for it. Um, see where it goes. Uh, I will say, and even he acknowledged this, that, you know, everybody should, you know, if you're a Duke football fan, appreciate what Cutcliffe did because the jump to being better in football is much smaller now than it was when David Cutcliffe arrived in uh, over 13, 14 years ago. So he even gave a little bit of an acknowledgement to that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, one One thing that I thought was, I don't know if this is good, but I thought was kind of funny was we had on the North Dakota State uh, football game where they're marching towards another FCS championship. And apparently they play that down in Frisco, Texas. So when they won their game in North Dakota the other night, they played Alabama. If you're going to play, if you're going to play in Texas, that song. And uh, I just thought it was clever. It was it was just clever to like at the end of the game, they popped on Alabama because they were headed to Texas. And just just a good job by them. Um, if you don't know it, you know, you got to have a fiddle in the band. So go listen to it. And then the last thing is uh, Christmas, you know, is around the corner. And uh, for Christmas, Jenny got me uh, tickets. We're going to Cameron in just a few days here to go see Duke play Virginia Tech. I've been to Cameron to see a game before, but never an ACC game. Jenny's never been to Cameron before, but it'll be fun. Uh, you know, we're just looking forward to going and being a part of it. Coach K's last year, so it'll be a memorable experience. It's a good Christmas gift, and uh, you know, thankfully, we're you know, 
looking like we're going to have a good year. So this, this could be a good year to have attended a game at Cameron. Jealous, man. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All right. So for me, I've got a good, good and funny. Um, the first good is, you know, I'm, I'm here back in hometown running Rapids for the week. I have to work from home, which kind of sucks, but um, at least I get to be here in, for the week of Christmas as opposed to having to, you know, work most of the week in Raleigh and then travel back. But, you know, family's going to be here. It's going to be a good time going through the usual stuff that we do for Christmas. Um, the other good, the other night I went on the premiere to go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers away on this, but it was a fantastic movie. Um, but it was one of the... It was probably the best Marvel movie since Avengers Endgame or Infinity War. And they've released like four or five since that came out two or three years ago. So this one's up there and definitely worth going to go watch. Um, my funny uh, is on my way home from the movie theater Thursday or yeah Thursday night, I was needed to get gas. So I pulled into um, the Handy Hugo's, a uh, gas station chain in Raleigh. And <laughs> as I was about to fill up my almost empty tank, what song was playing as um, I, I go to go fill up my tank? It was Jackson Brown's Running On Empty. I was like, well played, <laughs> Handy Hugo's. Well played. <laughs> but that's my good, good, and funny for the week. What if they just have a playlist of like road trip or gas station songs that they play nonstop there? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, jumping to the weekend look ahead. What does everybody have going on? I know this is not a normal weekend, so I'm sure that there's going to be a little bit more than what we usually have. Oh, just, uh, just Home Depot. <laughs> Christmas. Maybe, maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're traveling to uh, Crystal's folks up in Lorton, Virginia on uh, Thursday morning. I hear we'll that it's lovely Sunday. there and that you really enjoy going there. I do. I do. And, and Unless we have to go over to Hoodbridge and then... Uh, then he, he gets, you know, kind of crazy. <laughs> and, you know, them Northern Virginia people, you know, they, they're crazy, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Can speak from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Maryland. Yeah, city folk, man, you know, they don't know nothing about the woods like us Southern folks. <laughs> fancy shopping centers and, you know, highways and stoplights. Yeah, I know roundabouts really piss you off. <laughs> yeah, they're canceled. <laughs> Do you just drive right through them now? You like jump them like Duke's Hazard? <laughs> them Irby boys are at it again. <laughs> now, this weekend, I mean, like I said before, it's like we have family coming in, you know, normal Christmas stuff. So that'll be fun. Um, Landon, our youngest brother, isn't going to be here for Christmas this year because he has to work. But so we we had to move Christmas up a couple of days this year for us to open gifts here at our parents' house. But the rest of the weekend should be pretty normal. Yeah, still going to grandma's, eating grandma's food, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be uh, it's a good time of year. The Thanksgiving and Christmas are good holidays. Yeah, we'll have to watch and make sure Emmy doesn't try to. Uh, open any presents early because I heard she tried to get into one earlier today. Yeah, she's been grabbing at presents trying to trying to get stuff. Um, and she even, one of hers, so we did our Christmas, she's going to get like four Christmases. So she, we did one at home before we came down to North Carolina and she was already kind of like pulling at the, uh, pulling at the gift. And um, 
kind of opened it up and we were like, no, you can't do that till the morning. So there'll be a little bit of that this week. <laughs> All right. Does anybody else have anything going on this weekend? That's worth noting here for the masses of people that listen to this podcast. Because my, uh, because my family came over last weekend and we were, we, um, had everybody over here. We'll be in Delaware this weekend. So we'll be out there doing things with the family and seeing my other half of the family. And hopefully that'll go well and be kind of entertaining. And we'll actually be in Delaware twice. Cause we, uh, we're going out for my, my brother-in-law who's been on the podcast. He's actually graduating from nursing school. So we're pretty proud of him for doing that. And oh, yeah. I guess we're going out yeah. twice. <laughs> so I'm not very excited about reckless. I will. I will. And he listens to the pod. So he gets it double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not very, I'm not very excited about sitting through his, uh, four hour long ceremony. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> well, just to hear his name called. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. He did well. Um, it's more exciting than Penn state's football season. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> Good job, Dan. Morgan's like, I'll see you for Christmas. <laughs> Morgan's like, and we stole your coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, congrats. Uh, so that's that's my... great. That's a big achievement. Good, congratulations, good for you, bud. So we're pretty excited for that. So, um, yeah, that's it. Delaware twice. So a lot of tolls. A lot of tolls, guys. Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Speaking of college football, I know that Dustin has a, a little something here after my rant about the recruiting rankings and how much of a farce they are. So I'll let him give his research he conducted for all of our listeners. Yep. So this week after early signing day, we were discussing recruiting classes specifically for the ACC because that's what we talk about and follow. And uh, basically we went on this whole back and forth about how the ranking systems are just not right they 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 don't factor in the, all the things they should and we were talking about what's a better way of doing it and we were talking about how qual- quality of players over quantity of players should be uh more important and just had a whole big back and forth thinking like the system the, the mainstream system sucks so how can miserable and reckless correct it and so we what i did was i took a look at uh I, I took every player's composite score for that was in every single class for all ACC football teams, put them together and found the median ranking of every player in the conference and then ranked every ACC football recruiting class based off the median player in that class. What was interesting about that is folks at the top were still pretty much at the top, but it did jumble up some of the rest of the, the rankings when you go to taking a look at it. So uh, just to quickly kind of take a look, Clemson, Carolina, Miami are, are right up at the top with median uh, rating of their players up a, around 91 or higher. Um, That's not surprising. Florida State was, uh, according to the mainstream sources, all the way up at, at number two in the conference with their recruiting class by our records, they would be down to four. Um, NC state also jumped up from eight to five, <clears throat> but what was most interesting was sadly for Morgan and our Virginia tech fan base. And then also a little bit for the Duke 
uh, recruiting class. Um, the biggest drops when you take a look at median rating of the players was Virginia Tech. They dropped six spots from four to ten, and Duke, which dropped not three spots from nine to twelve. So basically, <sighs> so, so hey, it doesn't factor in player development, but it does factor in uh, <laughs> athlete, the quality of the athletes. So basically, the uh-huh. from I, I'm not going to go top to bottom, one to fourteen, but for the top half of the conference, the, our ranking system goes: Clemson, Carolina, Miami, Florida State, NC State, Georgia Tech, and Boston College. Everybody else is basically a wash. It's just a couple per- tenths of a point different between the median ranking of the players. So, I know Morgan's not going to like this rating system, but it's the real rating system, and it's the official miserable and reckless uh, <laughs> stance that the current system doesn't work. So we're going to fix it. And how a lot of this came out was because I've been on this tirade for years that the current, uh, the main one that we we use is the 247 Sports, 24-7 Sports, however you want to say it, their um, recruiting service. And there's too much of an emphasis on quantity of the class. And the big examples I used was Boston College and NC State. Boston College was, according to the 24-7 Sports, was ranked fifth in the conference, but they had 21 players brought in. But their average player rating was 86 point, uh, or is it right around 85-86. NC State, on the other hand, was down at eighth. But due to a lot of returnees this year, we only could take 13 kids in this class, but our average rating was 87. Dustin did the median, so NC State didn't really fall off much on when it comes to median versus um, versus the average. But my whole point of contention is that quality of player in the class matters more than number of players. And the mainstream system offers too much of a weight towards quantity of players. And to Morgan's point that he made earlier, this is just like, to an extent, stars don't completely matter because this is just what their talent level is assessed at the day they walk into the, um, the uh, on campus. But when it comes to like Virginia Tech back in their prime, they had a great development program. Currently, NC State is up there at, uh, with one of the best development programs like in the country. And the last like based on like what we pull in for our recruiting services and what it gets rated as versus how many people we've gotten drafted over the last five to seven years. We've there were some years that we had just as many people drafted as Clemson and Alabama. Like so to Morgan's point, you know, how much do stars matter? You know, you still have to develop the kids and coach them up. But my big issue is when it comes to this recruiting ranking, the mainstream rank, that's what the lazy journalists out there, the blue check journos at ESPN, they always want to pump up people and talk about, well, they got the number three class in the country, number 10 class in the country. That's where media narratives go. And that's where people people's perception of what the program is doing is based on like the mainstream rank, which I think is a very lazy way of looking at it, because I think the ranking system is flawed. And true. The reason the Hokies are media narrative, right? That's what you're saying, Logan. <laughs> I think we were the talking more media about the, uh, the 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 white and light blue and now black from Chapel Hill. <laughs> nope the numbers the numbers the numbers back it up. Dustin's own numbers back it up. We're number two in the rankings, number three, which is a lot better than the top twelve. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, this really grew <laughs> out of you know when you when you create any sort of input output system like the rankings are, it's it's going to be fundamentally somewhat flawed because you can make inputs, create whatever outputs you want in, in life. So the reason we picked median was because 
you know, average can sometimes be skewed a little bit because if you have like a couple of really highly rated players, you can pull up that average. Because if you went by average, Miami has the top class in the in the conference. But if you just purely go by the median, which is the, literally the the middle of the pack recruit that you get for every school, regardless of class size, our system tells a different story than the mainstream media does. And I think it's probably more accurate if you think about the success of the programs. Now, again, player development, quality of coaching staff, all this, it's completely different. Carolina has been pulling in talent, and they went 6-6 six and six this season. Yeah. So Florida State's been awful, mm-hmm. and they've obviously pulled in talent. And Miami's been very aggressively mediocre for the talent they're pulling in. Right. But then on the flip side, you have people <laughs> like Pittsburgh um, who had a fantastic year this year, and they're you know on the bottom half of the conference. Same with um, years when Virginia Tech is good. It's not like they're pulling in top 15 classes like Carolina is, but they're getting more results for what the talent they're bringing in. So there is another element once they get to campus. Yeah. Recruit all you want to, Mac Brown, but, you know, you got to win the games too. All right. Enough shade. Mac Brown, uh, snake oil salesman. (laughs) (laughs) Angle, angle, I'm I'm just picking, man. You know, I'm (laughs) I wasn't reacting to you. <laughs> I was, it's funny because, uh, as is the miserable and reckless way, um, Clemson, I think they're definitely number one in your median rankings and they're number two in the average ratings. And I love that we haven't brought them up yet. We're just, oh, just glossing right over, glossing right over all their talent. And that's, great, great everybody's favorite coach, Dabba, who everyone loves and thinks is such a great guy. Let's see how well he does this season where, uh, He's lost some kids in port, the portal now, um, but then had the highest recruiting class, and he lost both his top assistants. So that's uh, how great Dabo is. You got a good point, Morgan. And and I'm thinking, it, I know he's a good guy deep down, probably. I just don't like him. <laughs> you don't like that he wins, and and I'm I, I'm he the just, only one something about on him. this he's podcast so who is an anti Dabo Sweeney and Clemson Tigers. And whoa, 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 whoa. Th- nope, nope, don't even. This week, <laughs> this week, it it proved it bared out even more my like thought, my feelings that that is a is a very well run program. Win or lose, national championships, cup playoffs, whatever. It's a very well run program, no matter what, because I've been following Brent Venables since he's been hired at Oklahoma and just what yeah. he's been saying and doing. I was just one. This speaks to the quality of him as a man, but also just the quality of the people who were within Clemson's program. When, when the three, the very highly touted recruits decommitted from Clemson, he called them not to recruit them to Oklahoma, but to ask them to reconsider going to Clemson because he thinks they are a perfect fit for their program. And he thinks that he, he made the, them the pitch all over again and to, basically told them, don't make a mistake to go somewhere else, go to Clemson. And he also went on to talk about, just how great of a relationship he's had and with the program or with Dabo and the team for so long and how he really, he believes in their process and what they do. And that's why part in part, why he stuck around so long. Like, you know, I, I agree with y'all. There's certainly some scrutiny or, you know, it, if Clemson was ever vulnerable, they're vulnerable now, but, but I'm not the Clemson hater over here. I think they do it right. And I like, them for the way that they and as is my, as is my talking point that I always say when the three coastal guys always talk about oh yeah we're not anti Clemson yeah because you face them once every six years and if you're lucky enough you face them in Charlotte we have to play them every year 
And on top of that, Dabo has had some bad blood with Dave Doran. They apparently have buried the hatchet now, and I hope that's true, but it's not been a just Dave Doran antagonizing. Dabo has made some smart-ass comments uh, towards my coach. And so you come to my coach, you're coming to me. And uh, I have some reason for some bad blood with the Clemson Tigers. Come at me. I'm a man. (laughs) I'm 40. (laughs) I'd just like to go on record and saying I could take or leave the Clemson Tigers. To be honest, but I don't hate him. I always thought he was a cool guy, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm just – I'm totally totally impressed by him as as a man. my worst enemy, so – yeah, he's, he's a UVA coach now, so I could really not give two two props. <laughs> Tony Ellis got a good story. I don't know how he'll do at UVA, but um, as a person, he's great. As yeah. a head coach now, I don't like him. <laughs> That's basically how I used to feel about Roy Williams. You want to go to Richmond and coach? I'll love you. You go to UVA, you don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think. If I'm understanding correctly, our all of our personal feelings, mine included, aside, the general idea here is that our rating is a much more efficient and effective rating because as we went through, we can see teams that completely underwhelm, right? Carolina, Miami, throwing my own team in there. Carolina, Miami, and Florida State make up the three of the top four teams in the median with Clemson. And then right underneath of that is the teams you could call like the... Uh, what do you want to say? Like the like the hardy, the hardy teams, the gritty teams, NC State, Georgia Tech, Boston College, and Louisville. Like teams you wouldn't be surprised if they were good, but you'd also wonder like how did they get good? Because they don't usually collect a, a ton of talent. Is that fair? And then underneath of that is Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech in our median ratings, which seems kind of screwed up because I feel like those teams are like the teams that actually are really pretty good and have decent players and just get coached, coached up. And I might even throw Boston College into that with Halfley in there as well i generally agree but my only point of contention with that is that over the last five seasons there's one team there's only one other team that has had a um that has been the second most winningest team in the conference in the last five years is the north carolina state wolfpack in conference play all right well move your way up in dustin's rankings i don't know what you have to do well i'm not talking about recruiting i'm just saying we got (laughs) we got I think a little unfairly lumped in with the Georgia Techs and Louisville's and Boston College when the proof's been in the pudding with NC State just – I'm going to echo my head coach. I disrespect going around in the media for, the, for NC State. I mean, when, and with recruiting rankings, it, it helps to be in a state like Florida, Miami, and oh, Florida gosh, State. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, you know, like they stumble over talent even after it gets picked over by yeah. Alabama and Georgia and Florida and everybody else. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, you know, it's not the, it's kind of the whole, uh, the, not that we're team coach khaki on this podcast, cause we've made it very clear or not, but the whole like comment about waking up on third and thinking you hit a triple. <laughs> <laughs> so he, you know, he, he's not a hundred percent wrong when he said that. And um, no, that, yeah, that's kind of how I feel sometimes about what the success they have in getting talent in the Florida schools. Yeah. And and mark this episode down, Ryan, where I give a quasi compliment to to you and see. But they um, 
Carolina has a brand, right? Like it's like even though it's a basketball school, you know, with yeah, the family, jump lo- the Jumpman logo is very recognizable. It that plays a big part into them having a national brand that explains why they do recruit as well as they do. I've always said that if they ever could find a coach that actually could coach as well as recruit, they would be a scary team. Thank God they haven't done that yet. <laughs> but yeah. but I mean, they do have a brand, so it makes sense why they do recruit the way they do. Yeah. So I have a genuine question and we don't have to dive into it. I'm just curious about you guys' like one sentence answer. Do you think in the national media, because I don't follow this as closely as the three of you do, do you think in football specifically that Virginia or North Carolina has better recruits like historically or is considered higher? We were talking about Florida recruits being good, Texas recruits, California recruits. Do you think Virginia or North Carolina or do you think they're the same? So I genuine, genuinely don't know. Historically, probably Virginia, but in the last 20 yeah. years, it's been North Carolina. Well, you think about it, look at, look at some of the schools, you know, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, they've been, they've been pulling from Virginia for what, the like, last decade. Um, I mean, Penn State alone has been stealing talent from um, Virginia for, for years now. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good talent in, in Virginia alone. Yeah, and you're, you're right about that. In tech, in tech, Tech and UVA have done a horrible job the last six years, probably seven years of keeping those kids home, you know, and that's partly due to, you know, nobody sees UVA as a football school. I mean, you can, any UVA fan can come at me and say that they're a dedicated fan base, but let's be honest, you're a basketball, baseball, Ivy league sport school. Yeah, football across. is fun. And then Virginia Tech side, Quinte, shit the bed and decided I'm going outside of Virginia going to Texas and uh, California to get the big recruits and Chun like shoved his nose in the other direction of all the high school football coaches in Virginia to the point where they have a bad relationship with tech right now. Yeah. So, and, and that can affect your recruiting big time. Cause it, like as much as we, as a Wolfpack uh, nation love the guy, cause he, I mean, he's a alum and the, the Philip Rivers years will always be held uh, fondly in everyone's memory, but Chuck Amato did a similar thing. He was trying to recruit the guys out of Florida and Texas and kind of abandoned in-state recruiting. But over the last two decades, North Carolina high school football has dramatically improved. And you can pick over the top 50 recruits in North Carolina, and if you get them to stay home, that's a top 25 class easily. It's yeah. like historically Virginia has had better talent, but I think in the last 20 years that gap has closed, if not been kind of evenly matched, so to speak. I guess to answer your question, Ryan. And, and to just broader view – the larger your state, the more, the more, just literally the more people you have, the more kids you have who are potentially going to be good. The reason California, Florida, Texas are hotbeds is because they're massive states with massive populations. North Carolina has been growing on top of all of this. The only, the, the biggest challenge in North Carolina is you have four uh, power five football programs in the state and Clemson sitting on the board. And then on top of that, like let's not discount the fact that we have app state and East Carolina that when app state's been good for a while and ECU has had their moments, they're going to pick over some of those lower end three-star talents that probably otherwise would have been a diamond in the rough that would have headed towards one of the triangle schools. Right. So there is just a lot of teams that are playing division one FBS football in this state. Yeah. And for it not to be the size of Texas. And so the and and a built-in advantage for Virginia Tech is that the the brand is so much stronger than any other brand in the state. If you focus on it, you're going to find mm-hmm. success. 
And it seems oh, like yeah. your boy Brent Pry is doing that, Morgan. It seems like he's putting an emphasis on keeping those kids in state. Oh yeah, he's it, he's given them the shot in the arm that they've needed for a long time. I mean, I love Frank Bimmer and Bud Foster, but that last two or three years, and I could it could be honest and go a little bit further than that, but I'll just focus on the last two or three years. They just, um, you know, they won, they went to bowl games, but it just, I felt like they were kind of the they needed to upgrade, you know, their talent and they weren't doing it. So it's a um, breath of fresh air. Definitely. Yeah. Keep it in state kids in state and coming to your school is a big deal. A lot of the, a lot of the kids that are on this year's pack team that are the stars are, you can see the dividends because they were recruited during the last two years of Larry Fedora's tenure at UNC. So we directly were, benefited from those two bad years that Carolina had and Dave Doran kind of made developed good relationships with the high school coaches. Now the question is moving forward, how many of those guys is he going to be able to pick up when you have Mac Brown, who's by, you know, all accounts is a stellar recruiter. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, the fact that he kept, uh, I think uh, he kept two, four or five star offensive linemen in the state. We let Zach, you know, Zach Rice, whatever his name was, sneak out to Carolina, but I think they had been recruiting him for years, so there's no getting him to stay home. Um, we'll Fair see. Enough. You know, they got a hopefully I'm hoping they grab a quarterback or two in the uh in the portal because Braxton decided he went, wanted to transfer. Oh, is he going? Where did his yeah, mom tell him to go? Yeah, he, he, he's leaving. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm willing to bet that that Pry said it's going to be competition at camp, and he probably was like, you know what? Um, I thought I proved myself, so I don't want to compete. I want to go be given the job. And for the record, there's nothing wrong with having being a mama's boy or whatever. I just well, who knows? He ain't going back to Oregon, man. Well, the, the big news today is Bo Nix transferred to Oregon. That, that's what I was going to say. Oh, are you serious? Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, All right. He would be going back to Oregon, that's for sure. All right. Well, uh, uh, count me in for watching Oregon games all of a sudden again. <laughs> Next year, he's going to have <laughs> Ole Miss shorts and Oregon shorts. Yeah. Yep. With, the, uh, with the USC headband. I did. I did. <laughs> I did go rebuy. Yeah. And UNC socks. <laughs> yep. I'm going to need to go rebuy some Oregon shorts. I'm just saying. I was off the bandwagon, but just like my niece, I'm back on again. All right, here we go, Oregon. Awesome. <laughs> Auburn quarterbacks, love them. <laughs> so do you guys have any final thoughts on uh, recruiting as a whole or the alternative media MNR football rankings for this year's class? Yes, our no, rankings are accurate. The ma- mainstream media sucks, and everybody needs to listen to what we say. Yeah. Yep, I agree, especially because my team is ranked highly. <laughs> Look, I would if I could have found a way to fix these, I would have, but the data don't lie. <laughs> Can't wait until this is thrown back in my face to my team underperformed based on real life and the miserable and reckless rankings. <laughs> Next year when Carolina's uh, seven and five, we're gonna be like, What about that top two class in the conference? <laughs> top two, baby. <laughs> All right. So um Morgan, I think you have a southern spotlight for us this week. I do, man. And I'm going to go no other than my hometown of Halifax, Virginia, man. Um, as a restaurant in my hometown that me and Crystal go to every time we go back home, we let, drop the kids off at grandma's. And um, 
go out to eat at a place called Molasses Grill. It's right in the main street of Halifax County, Virginia, right across the street from the courthouse. It used to be actually a uh, a grill and um, I guess that pub, but uh, daily lunch area for everyone around the courthouse for for years, for I guess decades. Shut down for a while, and then a, a gentleman who was a head chef at um, the Berry Hill uh, Plantation Restaurant. He moved over there, opened up his own restaurant, and it's, I mean, it's amazing food, amazing drinks. Every time I go, it's nothing new. Everything on the, on the menu is amazing. They got some amazing calamari. I don't know if any of you guys like calamari or not, but it is phenomenal. Their oysters are really good. We usually get the grilled uh, salmon with the potato, sweet potato crust on it. Phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. Their drinks. Top to bottom, amazing. I usually get uh, just a, a, a gin and a soda, a soda water, and usually comes feeling like it's about three shot, you know, three shots in there, and you you have just one of them drinks, you stumble out the damn door. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you drink gin. It, it, it always comes with three shots, <laughs> right? So, well, in your case, the whole bottle. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> we won't get into those stories. <laughs> I interrupted. Go ahead. Salmon, gin, sounds wonderful. <laughs> yep. Um, they got some really amazing pimento cheese, which, once again, nice. I don't know if you guys like pimento cheese or not, but it just, it's so great. Um, Crystal always gets the uh, a chocolate martini, and you can smell the alcohol from across the table with her martini. I mean, that thing is ripped with vodka. <laughs> but it's, just, it's a great atmosphere. I mean, you walk in there, it's got the, the floor has got the old creeks for like a, like an old, um, a old building. I mean, these buildings, it's a row. Just a, I mean, we've, the guys who've been to uh cabin, you know, we go past the courthouse and on the, on the left, there's just a row of old buildings that have been there since like the 1800s, um, early 1900s, and they've just been renovated, and you know, over the years, over the decades. But it's just a, a nice small hometown film there, you know. The cook's amazing, waiters, waiters are amazing. You can't, like I said, basically, there's nothing on there you won't be disappointed with. So, Molasses Grill in Halifax County, Virginia. For whatever reason, if you ever pull them through there, um, or you're nearby and like, damn, I need some good food, drop on in. You you won't be disappointed. Morgan, you don't need to Google this, but how far away is it from South Boston Speedway? I mean, five or ten minutes. Oh, all right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so yeah, we could go get hammered off off some food and and, and alcohol there, and uh, and go catch a race. Yeah, we could go to the race first and then get hammered and then we would go get the good food. That that would be a nice a nice arc. Yeah, if the, if they're open to serve food after the race is over and True. True. <laughs> I'm already I'm already planning the road trip in my mind. This is this is going to be right. great. You know, next next <laughs> next, you know, next year when we have a uh, an official cabin weekend, we can um go grab some early dinner from there. Yes, and it's actually it it is actually walking distance from the cabin. Really? Yeah. Perfect. Sweet. So, yep, we will. Um, I'll take you guys there next. The you know this coming fall. Cool. 
Awesome. But yeah, molasses grow, man. Check it out if, if you're ever in the neighborhood. All right. So Ryan, moving into, uh, we're bringing it back this week, folks. Florida or the field. Oh, God. All right. So just like the movie Bad Santa, we're going to take a little uh, little trip into raunchy town. Um, for uh, for those listening with their children. <laughs> Is it the woman masturbating on the beach? <laughs> don't know that. Don't know that story, but um, no, it's not. not. It's close though. <laughs> Where was that? Just out of curiosity. Was that in Florida? I wouldn't be surprised. She got actually got arrested for uh, doing whatever she wanted to do to herself twice in the same fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way that you described it as whatever she wanted to do to herself. <laughs> That's why she got arrested. All right. So no spoilers. And hopefully again, I have nieces and a nephew that I love very much. And I hope that they never listen to this, but that's why the internet's terrifying. Um, <laughs> all right. So the, the article was criminal charge for breaking sync during sex. That's literally the headline. Uh, December 9th, <laughs> it says, well, quote, being intimate with a friend inside a restaurant bathroom, a woman broke a sink off the wall, <laughs> leading, <laughs> leading to her arrest for criminal mischief. I didn't know you could be arrested for breaking a sink according to, I mean, for breaking a sink. Yes, but not <laughs> criminal mischief. Uh, investigators say that I'm going to use her name because, uh, she's an internet legend now. Investigators say that Catherine Trammell, 37, <clears throat> same age I am, uh, cost $500 in damages Tuesday during an afternoon encounter inside a bathroom at an Irish eatery in town. <laughs> <laughs> she got all horned. She got all horned up after the uh, cabbage or whatever. <laughs> According, <laughs> According to an arrest affidavit, Trammell and a friend were asked to leave the restaurant after staff discovered them in the bathroom. The defendant and her friend then left the bathroom and sat at the bar. I, I like their style. Uh, we will not be leaving. We'll be going back to the bar. <laughs> Trammell, cops allege, subsequently returned to the bathroom. It was during the second trip that the sink was somehow damaged during sex. <laughs> after, being, after being read her rights, Trammell reportedly said that Quote, her friend and herself were being intimate in the bathroom, and as a result, the sink may have broken. <laughs> End of quote. <laughs> oh my God. Trammell, police reported, would not offer a further explanation for how the sink was damaged. And then literally the little snarky person that wrote this article says, as if that was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sounds jealous. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Trammell was charged with criminal mischief, a, mis uh, a misdemeanor, after the restaurant's owner said that he wanted to press charges. Sounds like kind of a dick. Uh, <laughs> that's funny on two levels. Trammell was released from the county jail. <laughs> Trammell was released from the county jail early yesterday on her own recognizance. Um, I assume, I don't, I don't know what that means. I assume they made her look in a mirror. Um, it's a sink <laughs> joke. Well, not identified in the affidavit, Trammell's friend, appears to be a male. You never know nowadays. Uh, the unnamed individual, however, does not seem to have been similarly charged in connection with the sink destruction. End of article. 
Okay. So the first thing that I take away from this is congratulations to whoever this unnamed individual was who remains unnamed, broke a sink in a bathroom, having a good time with his friend, apparently consensual twice and somehow didn't get charged for it. And it appears was kicked out of a restaurant and then went back to the bar and then returned to the bathroom. The cop showed up and he just kind of skated. So uh, good, good for this guy for somehow being the slipperiest, the slipperiest guy in the state. I'm not going to give you a uh, saying you always have an exit strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, hopefully people get this is somewhat tongue in cheek, but, uh, I, it is a real story. So where, where do you guys think that this happened? And, uh, hopefully Literally we didn't field. <laughs> Florida. I'm going to go Florida and I'm not even going to go Tampa. <laughs> All right. Logan. I, I think it's Florida, but I'm going, uh, I'm going panhandle Florida. Yeah. You got to get like Panama city <clears throat> or something. Yeah, you might be right about that. All right. Hold on. I forgot to Google where this place was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, first of all, who's Morgan? Pretty damn accurate, I must say. Florida, for sure. That's that. This store has Florida written all over it. Could have been Myrtle. And props to prop is true. (laughs) <laughs> could have been Wilmington. Yeah. Actually, Wrightsville Wright's Beach. Yeah. True. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Morgan. I was gonna say damn well could have been uh, Wilmington, whether it be downtown Carolina Beach or Wrightsville Beach. Yeah, that uh, the original Jerry Allen's. I could hundred thousand percent see that happening. Oh, and it being a snob, oh a snobby ass trust fund girl in Wrightsville Beach. Damn right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, my father is. I can do whatever I want. Or, or it could be the opposite. It could be someone from perhaps not the you know other end of the spectrum <laughs> could have just as easily. Uh, although I guess that would have happened across the street at Loggerheads. Uh, love, love both of those bars. Please go attend them. <laughs> it's uh, Seminole, Florida, and I'm looking at where it is. It is uh, between the bridge that you cross from Tampa to go to St. Petersburg. Um, Seminole is apparently a town that is literally next to the water in between Tampa and St. Petersburg, just south of Clearwater. So uh, that's where that occurred. (laughs) So, and I must say props to uh, our buddy Brett because he sent that story to me and I took one look through it and I was like, perfect. This is, (laughs) this is, this this is exactly what we go for on, uh, on this type of, on this type of, uh, type of story. So Seminole, <laughs> Florida. Thank you, Florida, for just being the gift that keeps on giving here during the giving season. <laughs> but <that's... laughs> all right. So as we've talked about, moving on to something that might be slightly more uh wholesome, I guess, for a topic. <laughs> as we all know, is this week is Christmas. But just like we did last year and just like tends to happen anytime we we get involved in a big event on Miserable and Reckless. It's time for our yearly festivus uh, for the rest of us to air our grievances about the holiday of Christmas and all that comes with it. Because, I mean, on on the grand scheme of things, we all like Christmas, right? You spend time with family, but there are a lot of things about Christmas that kind of suck. So this is the time on Miserable and Reckless where we're going to air our grievances in our annual festivus for the rest of us. So uh, I'm going to open up the floor to kind of let you guys Get, kick things off about what is something that annoys you that makes you grumpy about the Christmas season. Mariah Carey. Yep. 
All right. Thursday. Let's just get this one out of the way. I fucking hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, excuse my language, but Jesus, as soon as, as soon as Thanksgiving is over, the moment that the forks are in the damn dishwasher, you walk out the door. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Go back to your cave. <laughs> I I'm very much on board with this. And it's not just Mariah Carey, it's all Christmas music. But the Mariah Carey oh. one, yes, does get overplayed. Do we have to do like a, we have to do like a, a seance or a rain dance to like send her back into her, her, her bottle or her cave? Like, that's, you know, like ward off the evil spirits or something? <laughs> I don't know. She, she cleans up very well, money-wise, between Christmas Eve and New Year's. She is to Christmas. Uh, I remember a couple years ago. She is to Christmas what Lee Greenwood is to July 4th. <laughs> there you go. That's true. Lee Greenwood, by the way, was uh, sang the halftime uh, show at Army-Navy last weekend. The game that Navy won, by the way. Makes um, sense. He did. Yeah. Because it was the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Anyways, yeah. that has nothing to do with Christmas grievances or grumpy Christmas. But No, that's fair. Tom Petty, Christmas All Over is the only acceptable Christmas song. But that's not a grumpy yeah. Christmas comment. That's just basically agreeing with my brother that I'm not a fan of Christmas music. Yeah, Christmas music. It, any? Awful. Nope. Don't want to listen to any of it. I tell people every year when they're like, why do you hate Christmas? I was like, well, that's misleading. I don't hate Christmas. I hate Christmas music. I said, there's only so many times I can listen to someone tell me it's the most wonderful time of the year before I'm ready to stab someone in the eye with an ice pick. Yeah. I don't hate Christmas. I hate the world. How many times? I don't hate Christmas. <laughs> Depends on how many times they want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd known that I would have tried to sneak some into the tailgate <laughs> that would have been interesting I think some Christmas music is okay I was having this conversation actually with, with my wife a little bit earlier before the pod um, I think the Charlie Brown music is okay because there's no words to it and it's just classic like the music from the Charlie Brown Christmas thing it's a Vince Guaraldi trio or something like that I think that's alright but that's been around since what, like the 40s, the 50s? I don't know, before I was born. So some of the Hawaiian stuff is okay if they don't. Again, I'm not a big lyrics person. There's only so many times we can hear the first Noel before it gets kind of uh, a little old. See, I'm, I'm generally a pretty compromising person, and I can deal with it once in a while. But the problem is, as soon as, like Morgan said, as soon as the forks are put in the dishwasher, everyone's ready to break out the tree and put on the uh, Christmas yeah. songs. And I'm just like, do we have to, like, can't we at least make it? I said that if I was ruler of America, I would decree that you can't start. And I'm doing this just out of the goodness of my heart. You can't start Christmas songs until December 1st. No Christmas stuff goes up December 1st. If it was really up to me, selfishly, it'd be December 15th. But just because everyone else likes it, I'm willing to compromise and you can do it December 1st. Well, actually, that would be for Christmas. Go ahead. I think anything Christmas related should not start until December 1st. Like, just no, nothing. Yeah, I think we agreed to this without without Dustin. Black Friday, that that shit annoys me more than anything. Like, you're sitting there the day before saying your thanks and everything, loving everybody. (laughs) Less Less than 24 hours later, you're trampling through people and stomping on their heads to get a TV. For two hundred dollars off, killing people. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but Morgan, they're thankful. They're thankful for their family, not for everyone else's. Yeah. 
and they're trampling over the, uh, to get that $200 off on a TV for what holiday? For Christmas. Yeah. Do we need to discuss the commercial, the commercialization of Christmas? Cause that's, that's something I would bring to the forefront for sure. I'm really I mean, sick of people wandering around in red and green and selling me cell phones with you, the Christmas tree in the background. About and, that because I, I really want to let everybody know that the Deberry brothers are actually are on the cutting edge of leading the way against um, this commercialization of the holiday. Because about three or four years ago, we all sat down and we came to an agreement that we will no longer buy each other Christmas gifts. It is simply enough for us just to see each other for the week, have some uh, fried chicken that our grandma makes, and enjoy each other's company. We don't have to buy something that's just going to take up space in our apartments. Bingo. At least bring some liquor, alcohol, but, you know. (laughs) Something useful. (laughs) (laughs) No, nothing. I agree, Morgan. What's funny, funny, back to piggyback into the uh, the TV situation, is that technically the TVs don't sell all year round. And then Black Friday, they jack the TV back up to original price and then take $200 off to make you think you're getting a deal. True. If you look at the price of it, if you if people did their damn homework and math, you'd see you're really not getting any special. They're just making the uh, the cell a much bigger uh, board above the TV and bright lights saying, get this TV now for $200. So I was like, well, you could have actually gotten it cheaper a couple months earlier. But. Now, to Barry's question for you, have you decided to go along the minimalist Buddhist path because you're just so happy with less in your life? Or is it really because you guys are bad gift givers and you don't really know what to get for each other? And that's really the reason. Or is it both? Or is it something else? <laughs> Add in, I don't want to spend money and you got it. <laughs> I, look, <laughs> I don't, don't want to be one to brag, but I'm going to. I'm quite the... Uh, the good gift giver, but okay, it's not necessarily, is it necessary for you and your brothers to have to get each other something just because everyone tells you you should? Like Dustin said, save the money instead of us buying yeah. something that's like just going to sit around the house and you're not probably going to really use it. I mean, I don't pay a bill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pay, pay half their electric bill or something. Yeah. Or yeah. Like maybe get a better internet package so we don't sound like robots. <laughs> <laughs> Every year, people ask me what I want for Christmas. Like I, I, there's, I don't need anything. I'm like, I don't want. To, like, don't get me something I'm going to smile at and use for half a day, and it sits in the closet for for ten years. In other words, don't give me more crap to put in my apartment <laughs> full of crap because I don't need exactly. Because I like, just don't, don't you see what my fucking small apartment looks like already? Like, what makes you think I need this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if anybody is going to get me anything that I definitely won't be sitting around in my house for too long, get me golf balls. I lose those every damn time. (laughs) (laughs) Or a liquor. (laughs) Or beer. (laughs) Or beer. (laughs) Or both. Get beer and golf balls. You lose the golf balls even quicker. (laughs) They go hand in hand. (laughs) Man. Uh, To your point about the better internet package, I would just like to point out to all the... uh, podcasting people that are listening that in case you're wondering um this will be the podcast that we submit for the emmys or whatever they do for the podcast every year because we're actually apparently such good friends that we can do this just literally by hearing each other and nothing else because we are not looking at each other right now and we had no notes for this podcast so this will be the one we submit (laughs) showing how how talented and skilled we are at everything (laughs) And and we can submit it this time this is what you just uh, call the excellence in broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> in case you're wondering how, how uh, 
how much we actually know each other. Yeah. Oh man. Um, now what about Christmas movies? Are there Christmas movies that you despise? Which ones do you like? Bad Santa and Christmas Vacation, and that is it. Changed my mind. Both both great movies. Both great movies. And as much as I've seen Christmas Story year in and year out every year, it's like the Shawshank Redemption. It it's on all the time. Except well, that's movies on all year round, all the time. But you know, Christmas Story is on TBS all day, like what all day for like twenty four hours straight. Twenty four hours. You know, I actually, if I turn it on, I'll actually sit there and watch it because it's something about I don't know what it is. I'm like, I, I gotta watch it. You know, now I won't watch it again afterwards, but I, I never tire of that movie. And then, of course, there's always the great Christmas movie, Die Hard. <laughs> no, I have a better Christmas. I have a better <laughs> Christmas movie for you with Bruce Willis. That's actually a Christmas movie, Morgan. Which one? Oh, it's not Bruce Willis. Oh, I screwed up. It's Mel Gibson. Lethal Weapon. No. <laughs> Great Christmas. Do you guys know about this movie? I'm not sure if I do. <laughs> Fat Man. Oh, I can't wait to see that. That looks to be dumb and funny at the same time. Please Google Fat Man. It has Mel Gibson in it. And uh, Walton Walton Goggins, who is in uh, Six, the SEAL Team thing. Yeah. And he was also in uh, Shield. He was one of the bad guys in the Shield, yeah, which he's, is he's funny. Going back a while, he was in. Um, I feel like I'm missing the main thing he was known for. Uh, Dustin, you may know this because you watched a little bit of FX back in the day. What was the movie with, uh, or sorry, the TV show with the guy in the backwoods? Justified. And he was like a sheriff. Justified. He's the main oh, dude in Justified. That's that's one of FX's best shows. Goggins was great in that. Yeah. So, um, I'll I'll leave the spoilers out. It came out last year. I didn't know about this until about a week ago. I was hanging out with my brother last week during Army Navy. I told him about it. He lit up like a Christmas tree. Apparently, he watched it with his very pregnant, very pregnant wife, who is also my sister-in-law. She was unimpressed. He thought it was wonderful. Um, he's in the Navy, so that makes sense. And uh, uh, there's an assassin that's hired to kill Santa, but little does the assassin know that Santa is actually like ex-CIA or something. <laughs> And Santa's Mel Gibson. <laughs> I, I will man. say Mel Gibson still trying to still trying to come back from that that damn shit storm he had himself put in what 10, 15 years ago. Yep, not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Nope. nope <laughs> I will nope. say that there is a uh, one Christmas movie that when it comes on, I don't seek seek it out, but when it comes on and I'm home, I don't mind watching it because it's really funny, but it's, I think it's called Four Christmases. It has Vince Vaughn and Jen Aniston. That's yes. A, that's yeah, a that's funny. Christmas movie. Reese yeah. Oh, Reese John, Witherspoon. John that's Favre. right. Reese Witherspoon. Right. Isn't, isn't John Favre in it? Yeah. 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 It's I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a solid watch for a Christmas movie. Robert Duvall. It's a whole, it's a whole oh, uh, bunch of people. Oh, who's the... Um, who who's his father in the movie? Robert Duvall. Yeah, he's he's hilarious in it. Yeah. Uh, All right. That that's Dwight, a good one. Dwight Yoakam's okay. in it too. Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. He plays a televangelist. <laughs> the, uh, I didn't Duvall, know that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because what married to one of his friends or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> or dating one of his friends. All right, so we have three movies. Do we have a Mount Rushmore? Do we have a fourth Christmas movie? 
We have Christmas vacation. We have what? What was the other one? The one, the one you just said. Four Christmases. Four Christmases. Why? Why? This is maybe I've COVID. I can't think right now. What was the movie we were just talking about? Oh, Bad Santa. Do you guys like that movie? Does that does that movie count or no? I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen it. It's funny. I mean, but you should watch it, dude. I'll give it a shot. If you like Billy Bob Thornton and his horrible like attitude towards people, then you'll like it. He's very grumpy. Doesn't have the Gilmer <laughs> Girls checking it too. Yes, yeah. and that she plays a very uh, raunchy role. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, I will tell you a funny story. Uh, I think Morgan knows this because we watched Dan Patrick. Long story short is that uh, they asked him to be drunk. He's basically he plays a drunk Santa that sits at the mall, and if you know Billy Bob Thornton, uh, that's right up his alley. And uh, he's, he's, he's very lifelike at playing that, uh, partially because on set, he got shit hammered on purpose to play the role. And at one point, there's an escalator scene. And he told Dan Patrick in an interview a couple of years ago, you can Google it if you want to, that he was so cra- crapped out that they kept doing takes on the escalator because they didn't like the way it was. And he was looking at like the helper or whatever. And he was like, they better get this right in the next like 15 minutes. Otherwise I'm going to pass out. And apparently like the, <laughs> the take that's in the movie, he's where he's like struggling off the escalator is real life. It's not yeah. like. He, he, <laughs> he told, he told the assistant, like uh, whenever it's time to go hit a fraction, just, just push me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, because he, like, he, like Brian said, he had to keep kept doing so many takes, so he kept drinking, and to the point where that he drank so much for that last final take, and yeah, that's funny. <laughs> All right, I mean, it sounds it's grumpy enough that I guess it can be on the Mount Rushmore. It's um, got um, Bernie Mac and uh, John Ritter in it too. All right, well. uh Home Alone hasn't been mentioned. Do you consider that no, a Christmas good. movie? The original uh, Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, you know, cartoon with uh, what's the uh, old horror, um, horror guy? Um, Fuller, uh, Vincent Price narrating. That's not bad. I agree. And I, I look. No, I'm t- I take the back. It was Boris Karloff, the original uh, Frankenstein. I think some of my bias toward I, I also like the live action one, but a lot of that's because I was probably six years old when it came out when I saw it. So it's like I have positive memories of it because you know I was a little kid. And I was the demographic for that movie when it when it debuted. We've got some that we like. We put, but do we do we have any that we absolutely? Yeah, hate? I was gonna say this has been less grumpy than I thought it was gonna be. Maybe we should have maybe, notes next. Maybe time. we're all a little bit happier than we were this time last year. <laughs> <laughs> we have Charlie. We have, yeah, well, COVID. We yeah. have Charlie Brown. We have Christmas Vacation. We have Bad Santa. We have Four Christmases. We have Home Alone. Dustin, do you want to speak to that? Because I, I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but you I can speak to it if you want. It's it. Everything about that movie is Christmas, except yeah. for the his parents' horrible decision to leave town yeah. during Christmas. That's that was. What is that all about? And I, and I know that at least one person who listens to this will agree with me because every year, as soon as Thanksgiving over, is over, Brett loves to sit down and watch Christmas movies. And you know what often gets put on? Home Alone. I just have a real problem with that movie because it's not realistic. I mean, those kids would have gotten taken by child services immediately. Just saying. 
mean, maybe the second time. They had yeah, pretty, right? They had money. They were they were going to have good lawyers. I mean, yeah, there was a very the- famous cameo in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Former president. <laughs> so, so what? All right. So do you guys have movies that you hate? Because for me, it's pretty much. Uh, yes. Can I? Christmas, a, a Christmas, Christmas story, story is awful. It's one of the worst movies ever made. It's terrible. Okay. Reasons why? Generally, people have like a bad childhood memory or something. No, it's just a bad film. That Everybody's bad. I think. I think it's so much is like the movie one isn't that good, but two, everyone hypes it up to the point that it just makes me hate it more. Yes. Okay. Agree. Actually. Uh, anything else? Because I've got one specifically, but I don't think it's very popular. So I'll wait till you guys are done. And you know, I, the Hallmark movies in general, right? It's not so. It's not even that I hate them. It's that they're just so well, ridiculous. Plot, man. It is. It really is. I can sit there and watch one after the other with our mother when we're home, and I can narrate what's going to happen <laughs> because it's the same plot for every. And the woman is always into the arts, but she's also like a lawyer. But she really has a passion for the arts. Then, like. She breaks up with her her rich boyfriend from Chicago or L.A. and finds hometown Charlie, who's running the local bakery. And he wears a flannel (laughs) shirt and drives a 1960s um, uh, pickup truck. (laughs) Because he's connected to his roots. Exactly. And then, like, she she breaks up. uh, The the rich guy proposes to her. And she eventually says no and goes for the poor guy. (laughs) Speaking of things that ain't realistic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the same, and every one of them is the same three or four actors and actresses, and they play every single one of them the same freaking plot. They, they, the they do recycle through a lot of the same actors, and like, let's go on and pull up, point out another thing that's unrealistic: the, the whole town gets together and does like this, like cookie thing, and everybody's just smiling and happy. That's that's not real. That shit doesn't exist. No. Go to my hometown. People, you know, flip you off. Ain't no parades. Come on! People are in fights in the parking lot because they grabbed the last case of Budweiser. Right, Logan. You don't you don't know this, but people get shot in Morgan's hometown. Damn right, they don't have Christmas joy there. And you really want to see an unrealistic thing? Watch the new. Was it called Five More Minutes? Hallmark movie that's based on the Scotty song. They portray Fayetteville in a way that is. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, no, no! Please don't ruin anything connected to Scotty McCrary. Is there really? Is there really a movie about this? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we watched it over Thanksgiving, uh, over Thanksgiving with our mother. And I'm trying to tell you, it's set in Fayetteville, and you can tell five seconds in that that's not Fayetteville. If you've ever been to Fayetteville, you'll be like, that ain't Fayetteville. Yeah, that ain't Fayetteville. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the wrong time to point out that in the first season of Outer Banks, because I didn't watch the second one, oh, gosh, that, they yeah. took, that, that they took a ferry to Chapel Hill? <laughs> I was like, there's no fucking river going to Chapel Hill, assholes. <laughs> Yeah, like you can't take a ferry from the Outer Banks to Chapel Hill. Yeah. Well, uh, also, I will now have to watch that because I'm an ambassador of all things Scotty McCreary. That's why I am now a, a proud fan of the USC Trojans. Just like to announce <laughs> that as well. Lincoln, <laughs> Scotty the, McCreary. Yeah. As far as Hallmark movies go, it's not absolutely awful. So take that uh, review and run with it. If you, I don't if think you I've don't, ever sat through one. So if you're not know. looking 
if, if you just want something on, it's not bad. If you're not looking for cinematic quality, yeah, it's worth a watch. Do we have opinions on anything else that isn't cliche? Like I, I looked at a list beforehand and it was like untangling the lights. And I was like, "Eh, shut up. Like, is there anything else that uh, you guys can think of? For me, the whole decorating the entire house thing is ridiculous. I pick one room. Makes the as someone who's normally part of the cleanup crew, it makes it a lot more easy for or easier for you to be able to take everything down. I just think it's a it's unnecessary to decorate the entire house. Is that because you've only ever lived in an apartment? No, With trust like me, you- I, I don't decorate my my actual house. I'm talking about my parents' house. Oh, oh, okay. They're they're generally in a place that is my address. There will be no Christmas stuff if it's meant for me to have to put it up or take it down. Interesting. Yeah. I actually have the opposite opinion. I actually have the opposite opinion of you guys. And it's interesting because this is the first year, actually a little over a year that we've been in our house. We haven't done anything too crazy, but I actually do like having like in the room I'm in right now, which is actually my wife's office um, slash second bedroom. Uh, we got like a little Christmas ornament in here on like one of the trees. That's it. That's all we have. But it is nice to like, I don't know, for like three weeks out of the year, you have a little ornament there. It reminds you it's Christmas kind of thing. Or we have like, you know, like a garland wrapped down down the stairs with like lights on it. That's it. We don't have like a bunch of candles and a bunch of elf on the shelf shit, which I also fucking hate. Elf on the <laughs> shelf is stupid. Just tell your kids to behave. How about that? Well, and uh, what's funny? I also is, don't. I also don't have kids, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is we. Um, there was an old coworker of mine. It was a friend of mine. Um, she she didn't celebrate Christmas because she was Jewish, so she had to like, uh, like she didn't understand like the elf on the shelf thing. So what they did was for her to like to include her in the Christmas stuff in the office. They got her what was called a mench on a bench, <laughs> and, and would set it up in different areas <laughs> each day. Oh my! Really? God. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's some creative kind of, uses kind of, of it. <laughs> she loved it though. We got a text. We got a text a couple of weeks ago when the elf in the shelf started. And I think the elf in the shelf was like in the bathtub or something. And he had peas in between his legs. And he said that he peed himself. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's humorous, but that seems like a lot of work on top of having kids to have to remember all the funny jokes. So <laughs> I guess that's why you get, you guys get credit for coming up with dad jokes. <laughs> uh, all right. I got a couple more. How about this? We'll just try and run through them rapid fire. And then if you guys want to expand on it, we can. All right. So the first thing um, I really hate, and I think we kind of touched on this before. I really hate when it comes to the whole like gift buying idea, first of all, Amazon lists, right? They're really useful, but at the same time, like I, maybe, maybe Logan, I try and be a little bit more like you trying to think outside the box, trying to be a good gift giver. I really hate just going through and just checking off everybody's list. It seems very commercialized and, you know, oh, okay, cool. You need some more socks. Uh, for the longest time, my wife had deodorant on her Amazon wish list, and that was the only thing she had on our wish list. Hope she doesn't care that I'm throwing her out like that. But um, that was it. And I was like, when people would ask, she she would be like, I have everything on 
all I need that I use on a routine basis is deodorant. And I'm like, honey, you have to like um, tell people to, you know, give you something what you put on your armpits but uh the other uh very practical when it comes to material (laughs) yeah something i can use liquor and deodorant that's it that's all we need (laughs) um the other one that i was that i was gonna throw out that i thought was kind of interesting is uh all right. And so I want to tread cautiously on this because I know people like this. I know, especially in college, it was a big deal and everything else, but this may be an unpopular opinion. Um, you know, a nice sweater, you know, it's nice when you go to church and, you know, it makes you look appropriate in your Christmas card that you take in July so that the photographer can, you know, get it together and send it out. in time. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Cause I never have done those. Um, Wife doesn't want to do those actually. Throwing her under the bus a second time on this podcast. <laughs> but maybe but, uh, just not let her listen to this episode. She told me she hasn't listened for a long time. She actually admitted that to me. And I, I first of all, I was cut to the core. And second of all, um, I'm gonna find out if she's actually listening or not. Yeah. You, so it's uh, frees you, you give, now to say whatever you want to say. You're free. You just you just give hey, you just give me the cue and I can just open my mouth and get this episode canceled. <laughs> I very much and this is even bullshit I very much enjoyed the my goodness she put together a spread and a half last night for my family and that was awesome so I really appreciate that uh, anyway you save yourself that's not very miserable and reckless of you it's actually very miserable and reckless to have to go repent afterwards after saying something you didn't mean <laughs> but uh no, the uh, the thing I was going to bring up is, uh, so I know for a fact that the three of us, sorry, Logan, I think you're still in school. Um, <laughs> the three of us, Morgan, Dustin, and myself went to an ugly sweater party. And I know we've been to many in the past. Uh, the one I'm thinking of specifically was at our buddy Ryan's house. And uh, I love my buddy Ryan. But on that particular note, uh, we also went with our buddy Chris, who's been on the podcast in the past. Uh, ugly sweater parties can really, uh, yeah, they can just, they can just go away. Like it's, it's not that funny. If everybody's in on the joke, it's not ironic anymore. I just, I know that may be an unpopular opinion. I don't need your lights to, to shine bright, you know, while you're bar hopping from place to place. Um, I don't need the elf hats and the jingle bells on them and the, Oh, look, you know, I've got a, you know, a, a, woolly mammoth chasing down a tree and yeah it's it, it's ridiculous we get it you went online you spent 39.99 on a sweater for one party <laughs> like like come on it's it's starting to get ridiculous and am, am i the only one that feels this way or what i, I don't hate cr- ugly sweater christmas parties i actually i'm okay with it i'm I, not quite as grumpy about it i kind of like them i go to at least one every year at least one what do you like? Search him out. <laughs> he goes some Facebook looking for him. <laughs> Just crash him. <laughs> but now, like I, <clears throat> I have one that I always go to, and then occasionally some of my other friends will like pop up and have one. But there is one that happens every year out in Fuquay. Yeah, I, I, I could do a thought. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't have time to go hunt down an ugly sweater to to fit in at the party. As you can see in the pictures from Chris, uh, Ryan's ugly sweater Christmas party, I showed up in a button-down nice shirt. I didn't even have an ugly sweater. <laughs> well, it's because you're, 
That's because you're classy. That was his protest shirt. No, that was, that's because I was no, that's because I was lazy and didn't want to go find an ugly sweater. And yeah, some people put in time and effort throughout the year, like they do the Halloween costume. I'm last minute, like oh, well, I can't find one, so I'm just gonna show up. How you doing, guys? <laughs> Morgan, do you remember the year I went for Halloween? It's cold, and I just wore like two or three flannels. And people were like, what's your costume? And I was like, I'm cold. Leave me alone. I'm trying to watch USC. <laughs> Dude, I was so lazy one year. I pulled out my uh, my St. Patrick's Day leprechaun outfit and just put blood yes. in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> uh, people were like, that's real. You put a lot of effort into your outfit. And was, yeah, didn't spend any money either. <laughs> well, we're we're switching seen, holiday streams. We're not keeping the Chris and Christmas. Though, this is another good one. I've seen people wrap themselves in Reynolds wrap and go go as leftovers. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, you know, that's good. Like, hey, oh, I didn't prepare for this. I guess I'll do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do it if I'm with sweaters. Well, how about ugly hoodies? You know how we have like alternative rankings and alternative opinions and we're alternative media? What if we had an I ugly hoodie party? I was about to say, you've got plenty of those in your closet already. They're all I have like one, ugly blue. That's what you beat me to it. <laughs> I have one ugly hoodie. Angle, can we borrow your UNC gear? I have, my, my wife would tell you I have plenty of it. Yes. If you guys come up here, if you guys stay at my house, I'll give you a t-shirt. That's the, <laughs> You guys can you guys can tie dye it and do whatever you want for your ugly t-shirt party. You tell me if I come, if I drive all the way up there to see you, you give me a UNC t-shirt. You keep coming about three quarters of the way, and then you get stuck in Fredericksburg. So, well, you know what? I mean, that's all nice and dandy, but I could just save the gas and go find a dumpster behind Walmart. True, very true. I hear that's where they find most of their fans. So around here. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take it, man. Once again, I'm only kidding. I, I do, I do want to offer some last minute advice uh, based off of we had an exchange with our buddy Brett this week. If you haven't gotten your wife anything, it's Christmas Eve. In the Christmas morning, remember the Walgreens is open, twenty four seven, three sixty five. I suggest flowers and chocolates. Flowers mm-hmm. say I'm sorry. Chocolates say I love you. Butterscotch mints say, I hope you keep your teeth. <laughs> and if you go to the right one, you can get some Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> you guys live in a different place from me and Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We don't, we don't have that kind of stuff up here. Unless I'm just only going to the fancy stores. I'm going to the fancy Walgreens. <laughs> Don't come down around here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, from the miserable and reckless team, we want to wish everyone a uh, safe and happy uh, holiday season. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. So, for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and we will see you next time.